Welcome to Imodoka Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things automotive in the heart of Africa. I am your host, Sandra, and together with our partners at Akajira Motors, we are here to navigate the exciting world of cars right here in Rwanda. Whether you're a first-time buyer, a family on the move, or an enthusiast looking to hit the road in style, we've got you covered. In each episode, we'll rev up your automotive knowledge with expert insights. So fasten your seatbelts. Grab the steering wheel and let's roll in the world of cars, journeys, and adventures. Welcome to another episode of Imodoka Podcast. In today's episode, we have our amazing user guest, Ropak. And if you haven't listened to our previous two episodes, I recommend you do because there is a lot of insights and a lot of tips that you could use as uh, whether you were a a first-time buyer or someone who just wants to learn about cars or about cost and everything so i recommend that you go back and listen to the past two episodes so in today's episode we're talking about the cost of car ownership and beyond the price the purchase price so we all wonder do we have do we have only have to prepare for the price of the car when we are going to buy the car or are there other recurring expenses after we buy the car like maybe continuously or even just one-time purchases that we have to do. So Rupak, one more time, please uh, reintroduce yourself. Hey, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Rupak Garaja. I am the sales and marketing director here at Akagera Motors, and uh, it's good to be back again. So I want to begin with our first question by asking you what are the major ongoing expenses involved in owning a car in Rwanda aside from the initial purchase cost? That's going to be... Very simple answer, fuel, petrol, diesel. That's always going to be the most expensive uh, expense in operating a car. Um, We're going to be filling up our tanks depending on how often we're driving with petrol or diesel, once a week, once every two weeks, depending on the kilometers we're driving. Um, Outside of that given fact of operating a vehicle, uh, I would say second to that would be maintenance. Maintenance. Uh, maintenance is probably going to be the second biggest expense on a vehicle. Um, having it serviced every 5,000 or 10,000 kilometers, depending on the brand and model of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and maintenance is key to keeping a vehicle performing uh, well, uh, operating well, and lasting as long as possible. Outside of that, I'd probably say the next thing is keeping it clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe taking it for a car wash, mm-hmm. keeping the, the exterior, the interior clean, the underbody clean, right. and the engine bay clean. Um, but I mean, that's not a big expense. It's pretty small. But outside of that, that's pretty much it. You got your fuel, your maintenance, and keeping the car clean. I was hoping to hear about insurance as well. Yeah, that's true. Insurance is also there. Um, that's an annual cost. Uh, depending how you work with your insurance company, whether you're doing annual, monthly, or quarterly payments. Um, I think Rwanda has mainly two types of insurances. We have comprehensive insurance, Mm -hmm. and we have third-party insurance. Um, Normally, on average, we say it's around 4% of the vehicle value um, to insure a vehicle with comprehensive insurance. Comprehensive insurance is full coverage for you, the vehicle, the person you get into an accident with, and their vehicle. Uh, third party only covers the person you hit, not yourself, not your own car. Um, I always recommend customers to take comprehensive insurance. It's like buying a brand new house and then saying, well, I'm only going to take 
certain natural disasters, not the full coverage because I can avoid this or that. At the end of the day, you can't avoid motos and they won't avoid you. Um, and sometimes, you know, accidents happen, scratches, dings at traffic lights, or even somebody who's not paying attention, your brand new car can get into an accident, or even a used car can get into an accident, and having that insurance is just a peace of mind. It's exactly what it is, it's insurance, that your car will be taken care of if something does happen. So that, that expense is there on an annual basis, and it's normally 4% of the vehicle value. That's very insightful. So. Ask, how can middle-class car owners effectively budget for recurring expenses like fuel, insurance, and maintenance like you mentioned before? So that's, an, that's a good question. Uh, really important for people to understand how many kilometers are they expecting to do on a monthly basis. So based off of the amount of kilometers you're going to do on a monthly basis, let's say it's 2,000 kilometers a month. So in a quarter, that's about 6,000 kilometers. So that means every quarter you're gonna to have to service your car if your service interval is at 5,000 kilometers. And let's say your servicing cost is, let's say 50,000 franc, for example. So you know you're gonna need 50,000 franc every quarter over one year, that's gonna be 200,000 franc. So that helps you in planning for your maintenance. For fuel, based off of that, mileage you'll be able to know how much fuel you're going to be consuming and then you'll be able to kind of budget for that and again insurance being kind of fixed at four percent for comprehensive insurance um, and based on your payment plan with your insurer you can budget for that as well so I guess the, the, the there's obviously a variable to it how much you drive whether you drive more or you drive less but that's the way best way to budget is kind of drive the car for a month see how many kilometers you're doing and then apply that uh, kind of times 12 and then based off that you can you know uh, budget for the rest of the year so in that case are there any cost setting measures or tips you can suggest to help car owners manage their expenses more efficiently definitely the first one is always going to be maintenance on time so don't try not to go over going like 100 200 300 kilometers over the maintenance uh due date is fine but you definitely don't want to get into like close to 1000 that oil is going to be getting old it's going to be burning and it can really affect the internals of your engine components um, so maintenance on time is always key and taking it to a workshop that knows what they're doing and does a 23 point inspection that's super key and that's something Akagera Motors does complimentary on all vehicles. So what's a 23 point inspection? It's pretty much checking all the undercarriage bolts and nuts, making sure everything is torqued down and tight, checking all the tire pressures because tire pressure is the only thing that's contacting the road at the end of the day. And that's where you have all your traction, your acceleration, your braking, your grip, especially in the rainy season, you wanna make sure you're safe. So your tire pressures are supposed to be all at a you know equal two bar pressure and also that will determine whether the vehicle is pulling to the right or pulling to the left is tire pressures. Um, they check all the suspension components, all the rubber boots, all the ball joints, make sure nothing's leaking, um, that everything is pretty much okay. And if any fluids need to be topped off, that the fluids are topped off as well. Um, so maintenance is super key and having that 23 point inspection is super key um, another tip would be keeping your car clean um, not 
the outside. Um, the outside, yeah, it's good to keep it clean. It looks nice, but sometimes people forget to clean the undercarriage. And undercarriage meaning the wheel wells, where the suspension components are uh, underneath the full body of the vehicle. Uh, sometimes in the dry season, we face a lot of dirt and dust, and in the wet season, we face into a lot of mud. Mud is the enemy's big. Uh, mud is the vehicle's biggest enemy. You want to get mud off of a vehicle. It really cakes on there and kind of causes a lot of squeaks and issues and stuff like that. So, getting a good spray down underneath the vehicle is super important. Um, and then another tip that I would probably give is do not clean your engine bay. Do not. Do not clean it. A lot of people make a mistake. The reason why I'm saying this is because traditionally, well, not traditionally, a lot of people, they have sometimes staff at home who are washing the car and they want to keep the engine bay clean. So what do they do? They pop the hood, they grab a hose, and they start hosing down the engine. Now, engines are using so many electronics. They have all these sensors, ECUs, and all these things. And imagine just taking a hose like on your laptop and just covering it in water. It's not a great idea. You would never do that. So same thing with an engine. Engines don't like to be wet. They like to be dry, especially on the outside. All electrical components want to be dry. Leave the engine. Don't even pop the hood. Don't do anything. We, I always tell all my customers, never, ever even open the hood. We will handle all of that. When a vehicle comes in for service, we never actually use a hose inside the engine bay. We actually use steam. And steam is the way of pretty much getting all the dirt loose and it's manually wiped away without any water penetration into any electronical components. Um, and once water enters an electronical component, I mean, it's fried, it's gone, and it's not a great idea. Um, if you're like, no way, I gotta have my engine bay clean, I can't deal with any dust in there, no problem. Grab a towel, get it wet, and just wipe everything down. But do not put a hose or buckets of water or anything into your engine bay. It's never going to be a great idea for the long-term reliability, durability of an engine. And that goes across any vehicle. Um, and one more tip is don't put, don't top off your own fluids with your own products. Um, a lot of people think topping off coolant with water is a good idea. That's a terrible idea. Coolant is very specially formulated to where it should only be coolant. And the minute you start mixing water into there, you're leaning the coolant out and it's not gonna work efficiently. Um, the only thing you should top off is your windshield wiper fluid. Um, otherwise, yeah, keep the car clean get it maintained and try to keep the engine bay as dry as possible and not hose it down so much. Um, those are the best tips in terms of cost saving measures for making sure your vehicle has good fuel efficiency and uh, yeah, I think that, that should cover everything, yeah. Well, I, I think I'm one of those people who always thought that the engine bay should be cleaned now. I've, I just learned something here. So, Rupak, you mentioned, uh, you briefly talked about insurances, and you talked about how they differ, and you actually advised people which one they should get. But now we have a lot of insurance companies out there. How do we know which insurance company we go for? Or what factors should listeners consider when choosing car insurance coverage that suit their budget and needs? Yeah, so that kind of comes down to a personal preference. Um, some people might have 
a bank that they work with and that bank might also offer insurance so they might say you know what i just want to do a one-stop shop and just take my insurance through them or they might be buying as a corporation where they already have insurance corporate rates uh, for all the other fleet vehicles or maybe it's the first time you're buying a car and you're saying I have no idea where to go for insurance and my bank doesn't offer insurance well Akagera Motors we work with a partner company called Mayfair Insurance here in Rwanda uh, that offers comprehensive or third-party insurance that we work with on a regular um, and you really want to work with an insurance company that's going to give you good customer service. So when you call them, when you need them, they're there to service you. You're not kind of hunting for them or having to keep following up because at the end of the day, you're paying them and you want to make sure you have a good service. In terms of rates, most insurance company rates are fixed here in Rwanda. So whether you go to company A or company B, you'll probably get around the same rate. Maybe there'll be a few francs difference here and there. But at the end of the day, you should go with what's going to give you or what you feel is going to give you the best uh, service when you need that service and when you have to file a claim. Um, can you elaborate on the importance of regular car maintenance in reducing long-term ownership costs? Yeah, so a car can last as long as we want it to. I mean, we've seen some cars with over one million kilometers. Right. Um, and it all comes down to maintenance. And when I say maintenance, I'm not just talking about taking it to any workshop and having the oil and the oil filter change. There's a lot more to it. You gotta use genuine spare parts. And it's tricky nowadays because you have a lot of spare parts that are counterfeit that literally look the same as a genuine spare part. I mean, down to the box is the same, the filter inside is the same, uh, everything looks exactly the same. The only way you can tell is if you start cutting the filter open and you start seeing the different uh, microfibers and filter elements inside that are actually supposed to filter the oil and protect your engine. Which a normal consumer with the naked eye can't tell the difference. Uh, it might be cheaper and they're saying, oh, I'll just take the cheaper one. Why would I go buy something much more expensive? Well, probably because it's counterfeit. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's hard to tell the difference um, when you're in the market. So that's why servicing or maintaining your vehicle with genuine spare parts is so key because not only will that genuine spare part last much longer, but it'll also allow the vehicle to operate in a much safer condition and in a much more reliable condition as well. And with that comes durability. So your vehicle will last much longer. So instead of a spare part lasting maybe one year, the genuine spare part would last three years. Um, and so when you break it down, even to cost at the end of the day, the difference in your saving of getting a spare part and it being last and it lasting for one year versus spending a little bit more for a genuine part and it lasting for three years, you end up actually saving more money and you have less headache. So, because not to mention your labor costs to also change out the parts also is also, uh, you know, an added cost. All right. But now it sounds very tricky to tell, like, do you tell counterfeit apart from the original parts by I don't really understand how actually someone can tell which one is the genuine part or not. Yeah, it, it, it's tricky. Uh, that's where, you know, going to 
a certified or OEM uh, manufacturer represented dealership is where you take all that guesswork out because they are appointed by the manufacturer they are required to carry genuine spare parts you're importing from the factory right so you don't have that doubt but the minute you start going to a secondary workshop you don't know their supply chain value you don't know where they're getting the spare parts from maybe it's from a third-party supplier where are they getting their spare parts from so you're essentially how do I take that guesswork out of knowing if it's counterfeit or genuine well take it to an authorized dealer who's appointed by the factory because that person or that dealership is going to import direct from factory and the factory is going to sell genuine spare parts for sure so well I also want to ask uh, are there any government incentives or programs in Rwanda that aim to reduce the cost of cars of car ownership yeah, there's, there's one, which is going to be the tax exemption on electric uh, vehicles, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, and hybrid vehicles. So your incentive is going to be 0% VAT, 0% uh, duty, and 0% surtax. So at a minimum, it's a savings of around 50% in taxation. Um, that's pretty much the only incentive that I know about that allows individuals to save when purchasing a vehicle. But with that also comes a higher investment price because hybrid vehicles, PHEVs and EVs are higher cost in production, which means a higher selling price. Whereas an ICE engine, which is an internal combustion engine, is a lower cost of production because the technology has been around for decades. So it's a lower cost of production, therefore lower selling price. So it just depends at the end of the day what you can afford at the time of purchase and what you, know, you really want. You might save on fuel over X amount of years, but your initial investment price may be higher than buying a traditional ICE engine. So, um, how do car ownership costs vary between different types of vehicles, such as sedans, SUVs, and electric cars? Yeah, so we can start with sedans and then work our way to SUVs and end with electric cars. Um, sedans are going to have the lowest cost of maintenance. Um, you're talking about a 4 by 2 vehicle, so you don't have, you know, two differentials to service, obviously with it being a 4 by 2 it's a lighter vehicle, it'll be more fuel efficient, there's less moving parts, so there's less service and maintenance to do. So the smaller the vehicle, especially it being a 4x2, is going to have less maintenance cost, uh, less weight, and therefore better fuel efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into like your crossover segment, uh, your mid-size SUV, and your full-size SUVs, um, these are most likely going to be 4x4s, they're going to be a bigger engine, um, most likely more cylinders. So with 4x4, you have more maintenance, you have more axles, you have more differentials, you have more weight. So with all that, you have a bigger engine. So with that, you have a bit more maintenance cost, uh, a bit more parts, a bit more in service, uh, which will obviously be more. But Obviously, there's, there's a give-and-take benefit here. If you're a 4x2 sedan, I mean, it may not serve the purpose that you need. You may not have the space you need. You may not have the ground clearance you need. But with a 4x4 SUV or crossover, you have that space. You have that ground clearance. Um, 
and you have that you know off-road ruggability as well. Um, coming down to electric cars, uh, <laughs> there's not really any maintenance. That's the beauty about electric car. Um, you just kind of charge it and go. There's no fuel. There's no oil. There's no really uh, differentials or anything like that that need to be serviced. Of course, you have your suspension components. You have some fluids and liquids here that need to be topped off or serviced over thousands of kilometers. But the cost of ownership is definitely less than an ICE engine. But again, the initial investment will always be higher. But uh, yeah, I mean, an electric car, you pretty much just charge it, get in, drive for quite a while before you even have to do really any maintenance. I guess tires and windshield wipers would be your biggest concern. <laughs> now, are there any strategies to find affordable and reliable maintenance services in London? Yeah, um, whenever people are buying cars, always talk to the person you're buying from, whether it's a dealership, well, I guess only a dealership, and ask them about uh, service packages or uh, maintenance packages. If you have an idea on the amount of kilometers you're going to do per month, they can build out a maintenance and service package for you. Um, you know, you bring in your vehicle. Normally, it's either prepaid or it's a set price uh, based off the kilometers you can do. Sometimes this is not a great option for individuals simply because the kilometers vary. We see this being more of a value to people who have fleets of vehicles where the vehicles are doing high kilometers and then they have a service package or a maintenance package that's fixed, irrelevant of how many kilometers they're doing, um, and everything is included inside of that package. So it's, it, it's really easy for them. Um, and it kind of streamlines the cost of ownership and the maintenance of the vehicle. Um, if you're an individual and you don't really know your kilometer usage or it's going to change, I would say maybe it's more beneficial for you just to pay every service individually rather than paying it up front or having a contract. But if you have a fleet of vehicles, definitely a maintenance package or service package is super key. It makes it really easy as well. And for the company that is handling that fleet, it makes it easy for you to kind of understand your expenses and cash flows for that year. Now as we wrap up, how can listeners avoid unnecessary expenses related to car ownership and make financially responsible decisions? Yeah, so I think a car is an asset and it needs to be taken care of. So it all comes down to maintenance and how you drive the vehicle. I'm going to start with how can you make financially responsible decisions. So it is always enticing to buy a used vehicle because your initial investment is much lower but the only time I would say that or I would recommend somebody to buy a used vehicle is if you can get service records uh, historical data on the vehicle knowing that if the vehicle has been in an accident or if it's been serviced on time that's the only time I would really recommend someone to go and buy used uh, simply because otherwise you have no idea of the history of the vehicle. You don't know if it got in an accident, it's been repaired, has it been serviced on time. Because you can't see the inside of an engine. You surely can't. You open up the hood and the engine's there, great, but what about inside of it where everything matters? We can't see that. Um, so if you can and your budget allows, buy a new vehicle. You have factory warranty, you have a peace of mind for those three years. Um, and buy from a reputable dealership. So you have someone to fall back on when an issue does happen. Um, so those would be my financial responsible tips. And then to reduce your cost of ownership um, or unnecessary expenses, 
maintain the vehicle through a legitimate dealer source that you purchased from or that you trust. Um, that you kind of have a guarantee that the spare parts being used on your vehicle are genuine, that the fluids and the oils and the lubricants being used on your vehicle are of good quality. Um, I mean, oil is so important. It's like drinking water for humans is like oil for cars you want to put good quality oil in there that's going to allow the engine to run smoothly um, so at the end of the day you just got to make sure the workshop you're working with you can trust them um, and sometimes it's okay just ask like hey what oil are you using uh, I would like to see it uh, is the brand something that you've heard of is it familiar is it like Shell is it Total or is it some weird random name that you've never heard of and you can't even find on Google that's a little concerning um, so yeah those are the tips I would probably have for, for car ownership Amazing. Thank you very much for today, Rupak. It was very exciting as we learned about the cost of car ownership and you know everything beyond the purchase price. So uh, we're wrapping up. Stay tuned in. Thanks again, Rupak. Mara, thank you. That's a wrap for today's episode of Imodoka Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our drive through the fascinating world of cars and found our insights valuable. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, write, and review our podcast. Your feedback heals our engine. Join us next time as we explore more exciting topics in automotive realm. Until then, stay safe, keep your wheels turning, and embrace the road ahead with confidence.